This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team, and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Business Machine. Again, I'm Brian Town, your host and CEO of Michigan Creative. Really excited to have Thomas Lindsay on the show today. And Thomas is the CEO of Alternative Market Solutions, AMS, and he's also the host of Small Biz Brainiac Podcast, so check that out. He has 20 years of insurance industry experience in C-level management, focusing on all aspects of worker comp, risk management, loss control, employee benefits, HR, payroll, and professional employer organization or PEO operations. Thomas, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks for being on. So we were talking a little bit off air here before, but somebody comes up to you and you're at a networking event or you're at a dinner and somebody says, hey, Thomas, what do you do? What do you tell them? Well, I tell them I relieve small business owners of the burdens of being an employer. Yeah, and we have some of that here at Michigan Creative, and that was something that, you know, this business is about five years old for us, but um, that was one of the headaches that we're still kind of struggling with. And talk to me about what that means and, and kind of the relief and some of the problems that you solve for, for business owners. Well, I think it boils down to there's just so much you don't know you don't know. Yeah. You know, you discover a lot of things as you go, hopefully not after you've gotten in trouble for not knowing them. But that's our job. So our job is to help you, to relieve you of all that non-core business activity uh, stuff, all that stuff that goes along with being an employer. I mean, it's not what you went into business to do, right? You didn't go into business thinking, hey, I want to have 10 employees. That would be super cool. Yeah. But but you have to, you're an employer, and along with that comes a tremendous amount of responsibility. And a lot of it, you just you don't even know what it is that you're supposed to be doing or have to comply with. So when you come into a place, and I'm sure you've seen this before, and and you know what's a typically what what are people like in over their head, and 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 when you come in and they're like, oh my gosh, what a relief, you know, here a couple of weeks later, what what are some of those things that are always something that you get? I mean, not always, but most commonly things that that, that employers are not doing correctly that you guys fix. Yeah, wage and hour compliance is huge. You know, a lot of people just don't understand the difference between exempt versus non-exempt status they don't understand that you know the difference between employee and contractor what makes the the difference or yeah. what determines the difference it isn't just me saying i think i'll make you a independent contractor yeah that's interesting to me because that's been and correct me if i'm wrong but that's been really looked at pretty you know, specifically, and they have some set rules on what means contractor and what means basically, and, I, and maybe I'm not saying this right, but we, we, we speak like what means a W-2 employee versus a 1099 employee. Am I on the right path there? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. You know, for, an employee's W-2, uh, an independent contract, 1099. Because it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it seems like for business owners, like, well, hey, you're just a contractor and I'm going to pay you t- on a 1099 because then I don't have to pay anything else and it's really easy. But there's uh, what is it? Ten steps, or there's lots of different questions that you have to ask yourself if you have, if they are really a contractor versus an employee. And it's pretty. Is it pretty concrete? I mean, can we have contractors? 
Well, sure, you can have contractors, um, but they they do have to pass the test, right? There's an 11 point test. 11 which points, yeah. Was well, yeah, there used to be a 20 point test. They replaced it by 11 point test, and it kind of focuses on three different areas, you know, behavioral control, financial control, and and nature of the work. And so if you just you know you take that test and you you go through it for each of your relationships, and it'll pretty much you, you, at the end of that exercise you'll pretty much know whether it's a, it's an employer or an independent contractor. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, they look at that for sure. And it's something that they don't want. I mean, as far as when I say they, I guess, you know, we're talking the IRS. about, the, <laughs> talking about yeah. the IRS. I mean, might as well say it out loud. Right. But <laughs> they're missing uh, a lot of different taxes, right? Oh yeah. yeah. They, they, you know, they, they want to get their money from the employer. It's a lot more efficient for them than having to chase down individuals who may not know that they have that that obligation to pay what what the employer would pay on their behalf, which is the seven point six five percent for right. Social Security and Medicare. And what we find not- too is that some contractors, if they're not well educated enough, not to I don't mean not if they're not well educated, but if they don't understand the rules, um, sometimes they forget to save some of that money at the end of the year to pay their taxes. Exactly. They don't realize that there's this self-employment tax, right. which is what, you know, the employer would normally pay on their behalf. So Tom, tell us how you started. And then we were talking a little bit before too, there's been a lot of change. Um, a lot of things that we've had to jump through as employers and both on, I, I imagine on your side and insurance side too. So give us a little backstory on your background. Well, I kind of um, fell off the turnip truck um, in 1993, just uh, off of um, you know a year of college, and my my uncle kind of picked me up and moved me down to Arizona and put me to work in his PEO. <laughs> so I started out, you know, doing workers' compensation claims adjusting, and then uh, worked my way up through the ranks and became the COO and a minority shareholder. Uh, that that was about a ten year run, and then the company at that point uh, was was forced to close its doors in the aftermath of nine eleven because the reinsurance markets kind of melted down and right. and we had grown to be quite large and we were focused in some high risk industries in in transportation and construction and specifically in California and at that time the the work comp insurance market went hard meaning. Mm-hmm. Availability dried up, and there just weren't insurance companies were going out of business left and right. Ones that ones that were heavily writing were comp insurance, and then in the aftermath of that, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger came along and uh, made some some significant reforms, and that kind of put the work comp market back on the road to recovery, but left a bunch of victims in its wake, including us. <laughs> right. So, what is it at the end of the day? I mean, you're dealing with financial data quite a bit, um, human resources, um, taxes, employers, employees. What What is it, Thomas, at the end of the day or when something happens during your day that you're glad that you're doing and where you're at? Uh, what is it that you go, yeah, this is why we're doing what we're doing? Well, it's when a client comes to us and just says that they wouldn't be in business, they wouldn't go back into business or do business if if it weren't for us. You know, if they didn't have someone to do what we do, then they'd rather just shut their doors and go go do something else. 
And I think that's a lot of education that some of these entrepreneurs and startups and, you know, we have a big push here in Michigan for entrepreneurial activity and, and we have a lot of these incubators that are forming across the state, I'm sure across the country as well. Um, and I think that's vital information that they need to be, you know, told right away before it gets to be a problem. Because wouldn't you agree that a lot of times that some of these taxes and benefits and things like that down the road get people into maybe holes that they can't get out of? Well, for sure. I mean, again, it's you, you, you kind of don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you'll eventually find out about it when someone comes knocking. Yeah. And that someone you don't want to have come knocking. No, those are people you don't want at your door. <laughs> so give us 10 years. I know it's tough for you to, to look out 10 years in this business and it is for most, but we like to, you know, at our business, we like to sort of focus on where we'd like to be in 10 years. Where do you think that alternative market of solutions or where do you hope alternative market solutions will be in 10 years? Well, in 10 years, I, I see us, you know, with um, a couple hundred, you know, professionals um, servicing clients uh, throughout the country with revenues of uh, 100 million a year. Uh, I think I, my honest, I want to spend most of my time at that point focusing on, on teaching people more about mm -hmm. the principles of freedom and free markets and, and limited government. Uh, so I hope to have the the company kind of on autopilot at that point, um, and and continuing to do what we do. Uh, but I want to branch out and 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 kind of come at the clients and try and educate them at, from a different perspective. And I think that perspective um, lends itself to ultimately funneling back into where what you guys help them with, but. How, what do you think, like how, what, I mean, this is an impossible question to answer, but what, what is the way to educate people on that? Cause we can all say that smaller government is better government. And we've heard it, especially in, in the last, in this political season too. But, you know, for those of us that are not politically inclined, I guess, or don't really know what's, how would you educate me on how smaller government is better? Well, I think you have to start with the concept of what what is its proper role. Sure. You have to identify that first, and and once you once you do, you'll see just how ridiculous it has become, just how large, and and how expansive, how how over uh, burdensome government has become, how far beyond its originally intended role has grown. And so you have to kind of break it down, start at that foundation of, well, what, what should it do? What is its proper role? Because all the time, you know, you turn on the news and all you hear is banter back and forth about, you know, whether or not, you know, it's a good idea to raise the federal minimum wage. Well, why don't we first start and talk about what business is it of government to be involved in the relationship between two individuals? Yeah, we just had a big... Um, thing passed here that talked about and, and it affected us. It seems like a small business owner, small business owners, especially of our size, we have seven employees, you know, it depends, but mostly between four and eight employees at any given time. And um, they just passed something that the salary and um, so that if, if they were a salaried employee um, and they made under $46,000 a year, that they could still get overtime. Um, and that really affected 
pretty much everybody in, in our position because a lot of our employees at that time yeah. anyway, don't make that and they're just salaried employees. And sometimes they work more than 40. Sometimes they don't. I mean, it just depends, but right. we don't have a choice. I mean, that's, yeah. That, and that was just an administrative rule change right. and it's, it takes effect December 1st yeah. and it affects 4 million workers and they doubled that salary basis test. And what you're talking about is whether an employee is exempt or non-exempt from overtime. Right. And they changed the salary basis test so that it it doubles the amount of salary that they have to earn in order to pass that part of the test. There's still a duties test you still have to examine. Sure. But assuming they were passing the duties test before, they'll pass the duties test after. But now the salary test is, has doubled. Yeah, it doubled. I mean, overnight, it's going to double. Overnight. And you got to prepare for that. And you can bet the lawyers are going to be ready and watching. And if you didn't pay attention, if you've had your head stuck in the sand, if you just didn't know about it, well, they'll probably, one of them, I'm sure, will be happy to remind you. Yeah. Well, I don't think just not knowing about it is a good enough excuse, I don't think. No, it isn't. <laughs> that doesn't work. So I'm saying, yeah. They're going to, not only are they going to remind you, they're going to teach you all about it. Yeah. Right. And then you'll pay them for that education, and then you'll know. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting, too, that none of the governmental offices, though, that doesn't apply to them, though. Oh, no. They're exempt from... <laughs> they're exempt from everything. You think they participate in the Ponzi scheme of a retirement system yeah. that, that they put on the rest of us? No, that's not good enough for them. Yeah, and it just seems like we keep getting kicked in the teeth as small business owners, and we're just one more thing now that we're going to have to address. And luckily, it doesn't affect us too bad um, today, but um, I can't tell you that it won't tomorrow. So, yeah. So, I mean, government will always grow, right? Yeah. It, will, it, it doesn't shrink. It doesn't matter who gets in office. They're all the same. They take different paths, but the destination's the same. Government gets bigger, freedoms get fewer, and they continue to spend more money than they than they have. The debt grows. All right, let's get something a little more cheery, because <laughs> 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 we could go down a rabbit hole on this one. But as a CEO, and I've done a lot of work on this uh, too, is is one of the things that we talk about is that you know a CEO is responsible for the leadership, but in a smaller company. Um, sometimes you're doing, you know, you're the technician, you're the leader, you're, you know, you're doing the work, you're doing everything. And so as a CEO, you personally, and talking about that 10 year vision, what are some of the things that you're making sure that you're doing right now that allows your company to grow where you want it to grow? Um, and you're still able to make sure that happens and not always be the day to day person that's doing that, you know, besides just hiring more people. How are you doing that high-level leadership so that everybody in the company sees your vision for growth? Yeah, it's two things. It's One, it's hiring the right people, sure. not just more people. So you got to get the right people on the bus. And then it's educating them and giving and empowering them and, and helping them uh, to share your vision. you got to share the vision with them, you've gotta, and you've got to empower them. And so that's what I'm doing right now with the small. So I, for the last 10 years, I, I, you know, after the other company, we had to close the doors. We started a new one in the wake and uh, grew it in excess of the size of the prior one. And um, I pretty much burnt out after that. Uh, and in last November, I, I put in my resignation. And, and, um, and then finally, a couple months ago, made the transition out and into this new role, which is still... In essence, working with the same company, just 
running the sales organization now, which is a separate entity. And um, so now I'm back down, you know, from, you know, 55 employees down to three employees. And I'm loving that I have that ability now much eat it's much easier now at this size right to to focus on on these individuals and to train them and to you know mold them yeah i bet that was a nice relief oh i had 23 years of of being kind of chained to the desk yeah right and and, yeah was was about enough but now you want to grow it so how do you get, so now it's like, great. Now I only have to manage three people. So I, they can all get my vision and I, they can definitely be as passionate as me, uh, to help carry this on. But what happens when you get to 10 or 20 or, or 30 or 50, um, how do you make sure that they still get it? Well, I got to make sure that these first few are able, are the right people to, to grow it. Right. And to, so that I don't have to continue to be, um, you know, touching every every subsequent employee to the same degree, and that's something. You know, we did we did a good job of that in the in the past, and you know, I was able to to leave um, venture and and leave behind a solid running um, organization. Um, but you, you get to some point, and you know, you learn that well. You know, I didn't I didn't really. I didn't really extract myself well enough, you know. I, I was still touching too many, too many things, and so I need to learn from that, and and apply those lessons here. So that's my goal. Yeah, and it's getting those frontline leaders to be leaders as well uh, um, throughout the company, like you would lead. So yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com, that's freshwaterapparel.com, and check out their spring collection of t-shirts, and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in america so you can't beat that so if you love fresh water like we do here at michigan creative you should definitely check out their site lots more coming but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women like i said before beanies are coming stickers all that stuff so check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh back to the show we're going to switch gears a little bit here and talk about mistakes uh, that we made along the way and, and it's always good to talk about those and sort of what we learn from them. You know, I think we all make mistakes along the way and it's just a matter of how we recover from them or, you know, sometimes we have to make them a few times, but what are some things that you would tell, or what's one thing that you would tell business owners? Hey, you know, don't, don't do this for sure. Give us some, something that we definitely should stay away from or something that you did that you're know, like, yeah, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I mean, we yeah. don't have all day. So yeah, the don't do this for sure. Don't assume your company will always be expanding and always be growing. And then don't, don't expand your lifestyle to fill that income that you're generating. Mm-hmm. That would be my biggest piece of advice, my biggest lesson learned. Yeah, you really have to wait on some of those things. I, yeah, we've seen that happen multiple times. What yeah, some- wait, wait several months, six months, a year, yeah. two years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. It's like, here we are five years into it and I still get leery about, you know, where we are. Cause, uh, it was, it was terrible. I was reading this book and I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, called the e-myth and, um, I was really excited cause we made it past our first five years. And I'm like, Oh boy, that's great. We're awesome. You know, we were safe. Whew. And then, then I read this book and it's like, well, you know, the first five years, the first 80% fail. And then the mm-hmm. next five years, the 80% <laughs> of those that made it, I'm like, no, come on. And so <laughs> we're, we yeah. still have a little bit more. To You're not out of the woods yet. I know. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. We're putting things in place. So, what are some short, what do you think that are some things that you have to watch for yourself personally, some things that you know you always have to work on as a CEO as an, and as a leader? What are some things that are something you always have to work on? Well, my networking skills, uh, I think, are something that I need really? to, to work with. You know, I, I for so long, I just kind of had my head down in the business yeah. and, you know, was was constantly there. And didn't take time to attend, you know, industry conferences or not as many as I should have. Sure. And and didn't take full advantage of them to to you know, kind of leverage my 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 position and role and and expand my my own horizons through those connections through that networking. Yeah, that's tough to do because you really. I mean, we could go to a networking function. I think every single night if if we really wanted to and lunch. But sometimes you just, especially if you've been out of the game for a bit, and you know we do it a lot here. And I just sometimes I don't feel like it, and I don't feel like I'm very good at it sometimes. But I think if you go with a specific task or a specific plan, I think that helps. And then somebody today in a meeting said, "If you don't like to network, take a wingman." Ah, yeah, that's great advice because they can. It's easier because you're not sta- you know, because even if. Because if you go by the, you're, you're by yourself, it's kind of like, uh, you know, and then you have to make a point. But if you're there with somebody else, it's much easier to then go up as a, you know, as a team. And, and, and at least at the very least, if no one wants to talk to you, you have somebody there to talk to. <laughs> well, yeah, you can at least look like somebody wanted to talk that's to you. Right, that's so right. maybe others will want to as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they said today, bring a wingman. It makes a lot of sense. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes total sense. So even if you're really good at it, it's still nice to have somebody there to just, you know, introduce as, as a part of your company. And I think that's, so we're definitely going to do that for sure. All right. Well, let me know if the next one you go to, I'll, I'll follow you, be your wingman. There on you that go. One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can come to Michigan and visit us. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about work, work life balance for a little bit. And I don't, people on the show know, I don't like that term um, because I think we could always be working. And if we really like what we do, it doesn't seem like work and blah, 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 and all that. But at some point we need to shut it off because both you and I could work 24 seven with our phones, our clients, whatever. We're always available. How do you make sure that you get that break from Thomas Lindsay CEO to not Thomas Lindsay CEO? That, that is such a difficult, that's probably been the hardest thing for me to do in my career. And I, about five years ago, I just started kind of reiterating the mantra that, look, it finally hit me. You know, this will never end. This work will never end. It'll never go away. It'll never all be done. Nope. I'll never be finished. So I might as well just not worry about it. And when I'm home, be home. And when I'm on vacation, forget about it. Be on vacation. That what, what What's going to happen? I mean, you know, nothing, fortunately, severe 
drastic or you know or or deal killing has has happened and nope. you know people people rise to the occasion the people left behind who are not on vacation and they'll get they'll take care of it they'll get the work done yeah and i think i like what you said too is that you're never going to get it done and and i've i've got this thing with lists and i've got this these legal pads and in good weeks, I have one legal pad that has a nice, concise list of things I need to get done. And bad weeks, this is creeping on one. I have three or four laying on my desk <laughs> right now that I'm staring at. And somebody said that list is never going to get done. You know, it, it's it's no. never going to get done. Um, and and what's the worst that could happen? And and you know, it's not like thinking like, oh, what's the worst that could happen? But I mean, it, once in a while, it's like, well, what's the worst that could happen? The phone couldn't ring, or the phone is going to ring and someone's not going to answer it. So, it's been tough for me, you know, to do that as well, especially with an entrepreneurial brain where you're always thinking of ideas and things you could do better. That's the problem. Yeah. I got I'm the same way. I got lists up the wazoo, and I've got a list I created on on Monday, <laughs> and I was going to do all that. On okay. Monday. How, how many did you cross off? Uh, one. I know, me too. Oh my God, I know <laughs> so, it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> Here it is. What is today? It's Tuesday. I think I crossed two yeah. more off today. But you were so supposed far, to get so. them all done Monday, right? Yeah, they were, that was Monday's list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had Monday's list. That's right here. But now, but what happened, though, is now Monday's list is a lot longer, and there's one thing crossed. I can't well, even. I'm yeah, because you, you have to do on Tuesday that you put on the list. <sighs> I know there's a way to fix this, but I'm not ready yet, so... <laughs> What about how do you get, you know, how do you recharge? How do you recharge yourself to get up and, and to, you know, be in that? Because I think as a CEO, or I know as a CEO, you know, we get so busy in doing the day-to-day stuff and, and maybe, you know, working on things that we don't want to work on. So I'm always afraid that I'm not being that inspirational leader all the time. I don't think I need to be. I've learned that I don't need to be. I think people get it by, you know, by example. But, you know, how do you make sure that, you know, you are people, you, you can get that inspirational message and that vision that you have for that, you know, 50 person company out occasionally. Well, I, I mountain bike. That's, so that's my escape. Good. I go riding out in the desert and when I can up in the mountains and I, I go to, you know, a handful of events throughout the year. And that's, that's the way I kind of keep my sanity, keep, keep my, my mind clear. Um, I also, you know, I, I read a lot, so that's, that's another, another way to kind of leave everything behind for a minute. Yeah, I started, you know, I'm reading, <laughs> I think I've got like 50 business books. I've read the first 30 pages, but <laughs> when I first started the company, I was reading business books at night before I went to bed and I started to get so anxious and <laughs> like, oh my gosh, we're not doing any of this. And I couldn't read them at night, so I, I love to read too. And now I absolutely only read uh, books that I want to read for fun at night. Um, and on vacation, I don't read business books. Yeah, no, you you that's I'm the same way. You, <laughs> you read the business book, and and I feel like a failure. Yeah, I know me too. It's like, wait, <laughs> why didn't I write a book? This guy's brilliant. I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it all down. Yeah, that's so funny. We talked about employees earlier today, and I think you have a good plan for sharing what you, um, you know, what you believe is the vision and where you want to take them. But, and I and I can understand how you could get the right ones. I I think you know we're all pretty good at that. I think there's ways and policies that we can do and questions we can ask and you know the type of people that we're looking for. But once they're there, 
how do you make sure that they're happy and they're satisfied? And, you know, cause that's a big deal today. I mean, I think it's important for me yeah. as a CEO, not just because I should, but because I want to, like I, I, my goal is to have, you know, is not to have X amount of clients. My goal for my business is to have 10 employees that have the best job they could ever have and never want to leave. So yes, we should compensate them well. Um, but what else? Well, yeah, you're talking about employee engagement. So you've got to keep them actively engaged and involved. And I think a big part of that is communication. I think there's, you know, flex flexibility yeah. is, you know, helping people understand that, hey, this is a this is a job. This isn't your life. But but while you, you, you do spend a ton of time here and we're going to spend a lot of time together. So let's be friends. Let's let's and you have to have open communication. They want to know things about the business and there's a lot of information you can share with them without having to get into, you know, the detailed financial yeah. elements of it. But people just want to feel like they're a part of something good and great and they, you have to do that through communicating your vision and where you are and where you're going and and at the same time the other flip side of that too is is that f flexibility you know give them as much flexible um, time as possible and and the tools that they need to be productive I, a lot of times i go into yeah. businesses and i see that that they're working on these lousy old computers that are slower than molasses and it takes them forever to get something done and the equipment is shoddy the 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 furniture and the, what kind of message does that convey yeah. you know let's let's make them comfortable give them the tools they need help them understand the vision and the direction and what their role in achieving that is and then help them also to create that work life balance or you know which is really just a matter of creating flexible work schedules. Yeah. And I like that helping them with the work-life balance. Cause that's something that people really value. I mean, family's super important. We all have families that we need to attend to. And I really like what you said about helping them see the vision and, and know that, that what they do plays a bigger role than just the work. Like, you know, they're almost a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and in order to make this company bigger than, than us, then we need to have their input and they need to be, they're a vital piece to this team. Cause I think, especially with millennials, we're finding that that's all they want. I mean, yeah. they, they just want to know that what they do makes a difference, um, in the company and, and sometimes in the world and in the community. But you know, if they can see that because of their work, they're not only helping clients and bringing revenue in, but they're also making a significant difference in the company's growth. Yeah. And understanding where, how, what they do, every day fits into the big picture. Of yeah. It. And I think, you know, like we couldn't do dots. this without you, right? right, we, right. you know, your role is critical because it impacts this step and this process and this result. And yeah. So we got to so, remind, we got to make a list to remind to us tomorrow to do that with our employees. No brother. I know. Like <laughs> I get all these great tips of things to do. And then I got like, gosh, now I got to go do all this stuff. Like, it's like, all right. I know. It's, a, <laughs> it's never ending. I know. Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. 
This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile friendly websites digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. Thomas, give us a quote. I like quotes. I used to be an educator, so I was the cheesy guy that passed out quotes, (laughs) (laughs) which everybody loved, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a quote. What do you like? Well, I like Ben Franklin. Mm -hmm. He's said a lot of awesome things. My my favorite is that that it was something like they, you know, if you give up essential liberty to obtain temporary safety, then you, you don't deserve either liberty or safety. And how does that you know, we, we hear a lot of these things from, from the founding fathers and for people that were, you know, part of forming this country and, and how do some of those things apply still? How does that apply today? How can we, so I meant to ask you earlier too, like you talk about, you know, we talk about how government shouldn't be as involved as they are and, and liberties that we've given up. But I think a lot of people think they have, there's not much they can do. Well, there isn't under the current <laughs> regime. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> well, you have to take responsibility for your for your own safety. You need to, you know, if you have the, the ability to, um, you need to do what you can to defend yourself, right? You've got to, you've got to pay attention to what's going on around you. You, 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 we, we can't be always looking to the police or the federal government or some other entity to keep us safe. They just, they can't, they respond, they react. Right. I mean, for the most part, right. Yes, they do. They do their spy thing. They, they try and stop things before they happen, but they're never going to be able to prevent everything from every bad thing from happening. And we can't just keep giving up our rights and our freedoms in exchange for safety because at the end of the day, the reality is you'll have neither. One of the things that, you know, as a business owner that we had talked about earlier was the legislation that, you know, or the rule change that now makes the hours. And we had, which makes the salaried employees you know, they could work, uh, if they work overtime, they could get paid for that. And we had the small business association of Michigan working on our behalf and lobbying, um, that obviously didn't make a difference. So as a business owner, I mean, what can I do? I mean, it's hard to stay connected to what's going on. What can I do locally? And maybe at the state level that can make a difference in politics in policies today. Is there anything we can do at this point? Is it, does it matter? I mean, should we be involved? I think you absolutely should be involved. You shouldn't stop being involved. I think we have to focus our efforts at the local level. I mean, literally at the town level, right. at the city level, and work to to change change it. And then hopefully it will 
you know, flow its way up to the top, but we have such a long <laughs> road to hoe. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not terribly uh, optimistic in that regard. I kind of feel like we're just, uh, you know, we're going to continue down this road that we're, we're on. I mean, look at the candidates that we have to choose from today. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, like I said earlier, you know, it doesn't matter who gets in. It, three things are going to happen. You're going to have less freedom. You're going to have more debt and, and government is going to grow in size. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I mean, I don't think there's at this point. I don't know what at that level can be done. I, th- I, mean, so, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you know you work at the local level, and maybe then you know Texas decides to secede from the <laughs> union, was... and they set a precedent, and a few other states follow, and because really the the U.S. is just too massive. You can't. You can't. There's too many different interests and 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 you know cultures and I mean, what other countries? This this size. I mean, you get China, I guess, socialist yeah. uh, country. We don't want to be like that. Um, you need smaller, smaller governments. You need smaller geographic uh, countries. That's so funny that you said about Texas because I was listening to a story on the radio this morning that talked about um, all the oil reserves uh, that Texas has buried somewhere. And, and <laughs> immediately my thought was, well, they could probably, they probably could leave because they're all set. They have everything yeah. that they need. They have a port. <laughs> yeah. They have an international border. I mean, if anybody could do it. They've got oil. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Tell us a book that we definitely have to read that's not going to make us nervous um, that would help our business. Ooh, that's not going to make you nervous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Or, or one that is definitely worth it and things in there we should do. This is worth it. To me, the best, it's called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And the reason why, it's, a, it's about the Federal Reserve. It's about the money system. It, you have to understand what is money. I think this is essential to, to the long-term, to your long-term success, right? If you understand the U.S. monetary system, and the role of the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and and how money works, it will be it will be eye opening, and it will put a whole new perspective on on how you prepare for the future. And I think they even talk about how money was even money today, currency as we know it today was even came. How is it even born? I guess in a sense. Yeah. Right, because the dollars, they are not money. They are currency, right? right? They're, they're a medium of exchange, and they're supposed to represent the wealth, i.e. the money that you have. They aren't, it isn't money itself. It's just a, a medium of exchange. Yeah, yeah, and then the way that, because I've read some of that, and I did see some articles on that. It's very, fa- it's fascinating. And even somebody yeah. that doesn't know a whole lot about it can pick it up pretty quickly. Yes, they can. I could, and I am not the sharpest tool in the shed. I am not either, so that will tell you a lot. <laughs> so, Thomas, if you could have dinner with any business owner, or let's just say if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? Well, um, I I think it would be Walt Disney, actually. Yeah. I don't know if that would surprise you, but um, I'm a big Disney fan. Uh, I think his his tenacity, his 
his career was fascinating. Uh, he, he just kind of a, a salt of the earth kind of guy is how he strikes me. And I, but yet he achieved so much. Yeah, he was in, in a time when he probably shouldn't have. And I remember we've done some, you know, research on, you know, for this podcast, but you know, for other things too, about all the people that have over their time been turned down for things over and over again. And they, I mean, he was turned down quite a bit. And when they told him, when he told him he wanted to build this park, everybody laughed at him. Yeah. Look at it now. This now is not, have, yeah, this is not going to happen. Staying high, right? Just <laughs> amazing what he built. Thomas, give us an app, some technology, something that you couldn't live without as a CEO. Uh, Zapier or Zapier. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. I, I like to pronounce it Zapier. But it's a tool that helps you connect different technologies. So, for example, it will bridge uh, the Acuity, which I use for scheduling yeah. uh, of customers with Zoho, which we use for CRM, for client relations management. Yeah, it's a software basically or a piece of it that, you know, for things that don't automatically have integrations, um, and a lot don't, many don't, that will help bridge that gap for a lot of things. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, we use it for for uh, about three different um connections three different bridges and so yeah without that it would be a lot more work cool all right before we get to the last question what is the best way that we should get in touch with you if we need your services um how should we do that well you can email me at tom at smallbizbrainiac.com you can go to smallbizbrainiac.com forward slash contact and you'll find me there you can also find me on LinkedIn, but uh, just send me an email, tom at smallbizbrainiac.com. We didn't talk about your podcast at all, Tom. Tell us a little bit about that. What is that? Well, they're just, uh, I do two episodes a week. It's, uh, oh. you know, seven to nine minutes, and they're, they're just four small businesses to help you thrive as an employer, to help you learn more about your employer responsibilities. And I just, I want to help. I want to help people. F- be successful. And the one thing I can do to help is do what I know how to do, which is take over the responsibilities for payroll, HR, benefits, work comp, and workplace safety. So that's what I talk about on Small Biz Brainiac. Cool. How was uh, starting your own podcast? How'd that go? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to tell you, it was, um, it took a long time, you know, uh, for, for me to finally launch because I just always felt like I was missing something or that right. it, it wasn't, it, I wasn't ready. Yeah. And then I, I was going to let kind of the whole website thing kind of be, be my, the, the, the thing that the reason why I didn't launch it. Sure. Um, and then, then podcast websites came out and I no longer had that as an excuse. So <laughs> I like, finally said, oh, fine, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And, um, it was very rewarding. I'm so glad I did it, but it is a lot of work to it try and, and keep the content flowing. But at, again, at the same time, it, um, it's it's a great way for me to to stay on top of everything. 
Yeah. And that's something that I was talking to another person that started a podcast and he said at the very least it forces him to stay on top of the latest trends in his industry. Exactly. And if, and, and provide that information to his clients. Um, and he, he probably wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. uh, That I, I could probably, um, say the same thing. Yeah. Mine, I just like to play him back for my wife. So she thinks I'm cool. So (laughs) that's silly, but it doesn't work. I mean, she still doesn't think I'm cool. She's not, she's not, she's not dumb. Yeah, no, she's pretty smart. I I know. I know. Come on. (laughs) All right, Tom. So last question, man, what do you think, or what do you hope your legacy, Thomas Lindsay's legacy CEO, what is, will be, or what do you hope it'll be? Oh man, I know. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm too old not to have a good answer for that. <laughs> That's why I don't <laughs> let people ask me questions. Somebody, <laughs> somebody did that the other day to me, and and they asked me the dinner question, and I didn't have a good answer. I think I said like, uh, I don't remember. It was terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to leave the the biggest, the most important thing to me is making sure that um, I, my that my kids. Uh, my son and my daughter are are proud of their dad and what he accomplished and then that my my legacy is that I taught them how to be uh kind and and productive and responsible and to to and hope that they pass that same on to their kids I love it yeah it doesn't get much better than that I don't think yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be the Bill Gates or the, the, um, you know, Henry Ford or, <laughs> or that, uh, there's not a lot of those positions available. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There might be. <laughs> well, you never know. I guess the, who's the guy, the founder of McDonald's, he was like 50 when he yeah. got the bright idea. That is an interesting story. For McDonald's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say that. No, you got plenty of time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Tom, thank you a lot for being on our show today. It was really an interesting conversation, and and I got to learn a lot. I think our guests did, too. So I appreciate your time coming on our business machine um, and talking to us today. Well, thank you. I I enjoy your show, and uh, I'm just honored to be a part of it. Thank you. Good. Thank you. All right, guys, I was Thomas Rock Lindsay, the CEO of Alternative Market Solutions and also the host of Small Biz Brainiac. We'll put all that in the show notes. So leaving a legacy for his family to make sure that they are kind and hardworking and productive and just a really great guest. Had a great conversation with him. So and thank you for listening. And again, remember, everyone, um, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. All right, guys, we'll see you next time on The Business Machine.